Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Welcome to Channel 127. This is Tell Me Everything, bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble. We're so glad you're with us for the next three hours. We are going to put this Thursday to bed with some great guests, a lot of good music, and maybe bring you to the edge of comedy. Hey, tonight, it's a good one. Professor Corey Brechneider will be here before he abandons us for his summer vacation. We're also going to have Dr. Jason Nichols, comedian Carmen Lynch, who is taping a special this week in New York City. And if you're in New York City, you should go see her live because she is very funny and brilliant. Our amazing producer, Thea Harper, she's running this thing out of Brooklyn. Chris Hauselt, our executive producer, is running this thing out of South Carolina. We got a really good one. I hope you're well. Let's do a show. Um, I'm sitting here watching all the right-wingers talk about the submarine and blame it on wokeness. Charlie Kirk blamed it on wokeness. Joey Manorino, wokeness killed the people on that submarine. Let that sink in. They died because the woke CEO said he wouldn't hire 50-year-old white men who knew how to command submarines and would rather train others. And then the CEO died, too. Go woke, go... You understand that? Do you understand that? If you don't understand that, you're fine. These are idiots who love to exploit suffering to attack people they hate that had nothing to do with the suffering. Can you... Charlie? Joey? Let, let's get straight here. Wokeness did not destroy the submarine. Vaccines! destroy the submarine wokeness caused donald trump's 71 felony counts can you guys please stop embarrassing the rest of us and get your facts right the stupid just burns guys that's why this channel is here to help you walk through it and we have a lot to get to on tonight's show i want to say hello to all of our evil army of the night listening live we love you guys hello to the daywalkers all y'all listening through the magic of pandora on demand on the app Fugelsang Podcast. We love y'all. You're always allowed to call in too or send us your emails. We're thrilled to hear from it. If you listen to the podcast, give us a good uh, review and uh, all that fun stuff. Right now, 
Let's try to unpack a little bit of what went down today. So much news flying at us. First off, George Santos. <laughs> I was excited. I'm a fan of George Santos. You know why? You know why? Because a, a gay immigrant for Trump is proof that God loves us and wants us to laugh. So I'm here for it. And today the judge was all set to unseal the court records and we would find out who it was that posted the $500,000 bond for George to get out of jail. Turns out his father and his aunt. That's it. His father and his aunt. His aunt is a letter carrier for the post office. His father is a house painter. Together, they were able to afford half a million dollars, a house painter and a letter carrier. (laughs) Uh, Again, these are the people who are having this bullshit vote of censure against Adam Schiff while they don't want to allow the ethics investigation of George Santos to get out of committee. Guys, let them hang themselves, please. These are the people who are so obsessed with Hunter Biden. They've thrown the book at him now. He's pled guilty. It's still not enough. And actually, they don't. The truth is they don't care about Hunter Biden. And you guys know this, right? The Republicans don't care about Hunter Biden at all. They will use anything they can to attack Joe Biden, to attack Democrats, to attack progress and to distract from the reality that they have nothing to offer non-millionaires. Nothing, nothing for your health care, nothing for infrastructure, nothing for student loans, nothing except umbrage. And so the right wing angertainment network, they've lost two of their favorite reality shows this week, the Durham Probe and now Hunter. And again, some sympathy for the Republicans. I mean, they need the outrage. Trans children might not be enough to distract the base for another two years. But then there's Adam Schiff. Now, Adam Schiff, who's a friend of this show, spent years telling us that if Trump wasn't held responsible, if we couldn't hold this man to account, he would keep on doing what he did and he would get worse. And Adam Schiff has been proven right over and over again. So today, or yesterday, I should say, before our show aired, they punished Schiff. They voted to censure a Democratic congressman (laughs) for being right. I mean, it was just last week. When the GOP House took up this ridiculous, stupid resolution and they considered a measure that would have censured Schiff, directed the House Ethics Committee to open an investigation into his work on the Russia scandal and to impose a 16 million dollar fine on the congressman. What lies did he tell? They offered no proof he had told any lies. And the resolution failed. Last week, 20 Republicans joined with the Democrats and they rejected this piece of stupidity. And I guess they figured, okay, let's get on to doing some real work now. But after last week's vote failed, right-wing Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna from Florida let everyone know she was going to try again. Politico interviewed Congresswoman Luna, and she said that she was going after Schiff, quote, at the suggestion of a member of the House leadership. So then two days later, you know, Donald Trump praised this woman, said that Adam Schiff should be imprisoned and announced on his filth social platform, any Republican working against his censure or worse should immediately be primaried. And that's all it takes. Because they're not men. They're marionettes. So this time, they revised the resolution, they took out the $16 million fine, and the House took the very rare step of censuring one of their own members. Over, again, they censured him because he criticized Donald Trump, and because he led the first impeachment inquiry, when Trump tried to blackmail the president of Ukraine into lying about an investigation against Joe Biden. 
formally censured in a party line vote. Now, here's the deal. The Russia scandal has not been discredited. It has not been disproven. And we saw just yesterday, John Durham testifying before Congress, admitting that, yes, Russia interfered in our election to help Donald Trump. It's not really an opinion at this point. The evidence is there. So, you know, Schiff said there was ample evidence that you could connect Trump's political operation and his Russian benefactors. And he was right. And the Senate Intel Committee did a report, which was written in part by, at that time, the Republican majority. And at one point, this report described, quote, a direct tie between senior Trump campaign officials and the Russian intelligence services. Republican senators put their name on this, but now it's forgotten. Now the big lie drives all. The final tally was 213 to 209. Not every member participated. A lot of Republicans voted present. Zero Republicans opposed the measure. This is what we're up against, brothers and sisters. 81 million of us voted against Donald Trump, and he is still dictating the actions and beliefs of your Congress. Here's Adam Schiff. He thanked the Republican House members for censuring him and showing just how much he pisses them off. To my Republican colleagues who introduced this resolution, I thank you. You honor me with your enmity. You flatter me with this falsehood. You who are the authors of a big lie about the last election must condemn the truth-tellers, and I stand proudly before you. Your words tell me that I have been effective in the defense of our democracy, and I am grateful. And yet this false and defamatory resolution comes at a considerable cost to the country and to the Congress. At a moment when millions of people in our home state of California are unable to find a place to live or afford a place to live, Speaker McCarthy chooses to occupy the resources of Congress for two straight weeks on this hollow sop to the MAGA crowd. He offers nothing to those who are homeless or addicted to opioids or to millions of college students mired in debt but this paltry distraction. Donald Trump is under indictment for actions that jeopardize our national security, and McCarthy would spend the nation's time on petty political payback, thinking he can censure or fine Trump's opposition into submission. But I will not yield. Not one inch. It's a really good speech. It reminded me a lot of FDR's I welcome their hatred speech. Now, McCarthy justified all of this yesterday by saying that Schiff led the nation through a national nightmare with the fake Russia collusion narrative. There's like two to three lies in just that half a sentence. Now, again, he'd already punished Adam Schiff by kicking him off the House Intel Committee with no cause, no reason, kicked him off the committee. And now this, this is how the Republican Party is weaponizing your government for political capital, just like Hunter Biden. <laughs> I mean, why the hell hasn't Joe Biden opened up some kind of DOJ investigation into Jared Kushner? Because that's not how Democrats work. They're not trying to smear the other side all the time in lieu of policy. And again, this is the Durham report where they actually hired a special prosecutor to get revenge on the Department of Justice for investigating Donald Trump's very real ties with Russia. And it always backfires. You know, all they did by censuring Congressman Schiff was, was boost his Senate run. I mean, the Durham testimony was pointless. Even Matt Gates agreed with that. Republicans are doing nothing to help American people. They're just creating propaganda and carrying water 
for Donald Trump. Here again, Adam Schiff continued his floor speech lamenting all the time and effort wasted on this vendetta against him instead of, you know, uh, doing shit for the American people. The cost to the speaker's delinquency is high, but the cost to Congress of this frivolous and yet dangerous resolution may be even higher as it represents another serious abuse of power. Donald Trump has threatened that any of you that defy him and vote against this partisan resolution will be met by a primary challenge. And he calls for my imprisonment. If a transient majority can punish and attempt to silence members who hold a corrupt president to account, there is no telling what further corruption of office will follow. And I say this to Speaker McCarthy and others who wish to gratify Donald Trump with this act of subservience or bend to his demands. Try as you might to expel me from Congress or silence me with a $16 million fine. You will not succeed. He's going to fundraise so hard off of this for his Senate run. So well done, Republicans. By the way, just yesterday we got this article in USA Today that showed support for legal abortion has risen a year after Roe v. Wade was overturned. You morons. You're you're turning more people into abortion rights activists and you're getting Adam Schiff elected to the Senate. And that's all you're doing. Uh, now I just want to talk for a second about someone who's not going to be elected to anything next year. And that is friend of the show, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Now I want to know what you think about RFK. He's a very smart guy. I personally like him very much. I, I've done TV with him. I've, he's been on this show. Up to 20% of Democrats are picking him in the early presidential primary polls, and a lot of them say they, they would consider supporting him because, you know, product brand name loyalty. And I, like I said, I've admired a lot that he's done over the years. I thought he was great as an environmental lawyer, as a writer, um, as a falconer. I've actually met his falcon. and It's cool. I, I You know, Hollywood celebrity husband. I've worked with his wife um, and, of course, more recently, anti-vaccine crusader. Uh, but I want to get to that in a second. You know, he sued corporations he saw as polluting for profit, he, coal and oil and pesticides. But about seven years ago, he joined this nonprofit called the World Mercury Project, and they renamed it Children's Health Defense. And it's become one of the country's largest anti-vaccination groups. And it has claimed dishonestly that a whole bunch of child illnesses are being caused by the ingredients in vaccines as well as fluoride acetaminophen and 5g wireless technology i love these kind of talks but where's the data where's the proof and when covid19 came around well as you guys know this got even bigger and it was covid19 that began to give robert kennedy jr his following in online right-wing groups children's health fund their revenue went from 3 million to almost 7 million in 2020. And it went from 7 million to 16 million in 2021. And that was the same year Robert Kennedy published his book, The Real Anthony Fauci, where he accused the top infectious disease doctor in the country of orchestrating a historic coup d'etat against Western democracy, which has made him such a darling of the right. You've seen the photos by now of him with Roger Stone, with Steve Bannon, with Michael Flynn, in January of last year, he was speaking at the Lincoln Memorial. Maybe you heard that footage. He was talking to this crowd of thousands of right-wing people, and he was going after COVID-19 health safety measures. And he actually he, he actually compared it to Anne Frank. He, he suggested that Americans who don't get vaccinated have less freedom than Jews during the Holocaust. He had to apologize for that. 
And, you know, then this year of this campaign, what? He, he, he gave a speech at a Bitcoin conference. He was on the Twitter spaces with Elon. Uh, he did Joe Rogan's podcast. And he's going to be speaking to a Moms for Liberty group who just had to apologize for quoting Hitler in their new newsletter. So I don't know what's going on with RFK, guys. He's got every right to run. But look at who's defending him. Look at who's defending it. Now, does Fox News like him? And they've aired dozens of segments about him. They aired a full-length documentary about him on Fox News. <laughs> but it's not because they like him. It's because he can hurt Joe Biden. And I don't think Mr. Kennedy gets it. He said, a lot of people who are supporting me do not agree with me on every issue. Now, he's never going to be elected president. That will never happen. And our friend Billy Baldwin, who's also done the show, he tweeted earlier tonight, Robert Kennedy Jr. told me on several occasions that he contracted hepatitis C from my father-in-law, John Phillips, when they shared needles shooting heroin together back in the 70s. I found that to be disturbing, unsettling, and impossible to prove because in his very next breath, he told me that he shared needles with junkies in shooting galleries up in Harlem on many occasions. I'm not here to cast aspersions on Robert Kennedy's personal life, and I know Donald Trump has proven that it doesn't matter how much baggage you have, there's still people who will make you president. But the more people hear about RFK's past, and especially about his first wife, just Google it, you'll see. And I don't really think he's an anti-vaxxer. I mean, he's not. He's a, he's a vaccine skeptic, but he's had him. I mean, he's vaccinated for COVID-19. His kids are vaccinated for COVID-19. Most right-wing people watching these right-wing tributes don't know that. Now, he's not a serious challenger to Joe Biden, but he, he is getting some traction. And again, it's like, what have we learned from Elon, from Trump? People can be really, really smart about business or tech and really dumb about politics. And... We talked about this last night. When Robert Kennedy speaks, his voice is a, a vocal disorder caused by spasmodic dysphonia, which makes his voice sound very strained. That came on suddenly when he was 42 years old. And he said it's not a side effect of all the heroin he did over the years. He suggested it's a side effect of the flu vaccine. He said first it was genetic because his grandmother, Rose Kennedy, had it. But then he changed his opinion after he got a flu shot and said, no, he has spasmodic dysphonia because of the flu. Now, now, why won't the Democrats consider someone else? I taped a segment tonight with Dan Abrams for News Nation, and that was his big question. Why won't the Democrats consider someone else? Well, Kennedy's got every right to run, and he's got every right to go ahead and try to push Joe Biden more to the left. But if the Democrats thought they had a stronger candidate than the old guy who's beaten Trump, who pulled us back from inflation who brought us the lowest unemployment numbers in 50 years, who brought us the lowest child poverty rate in history in 2021, who got an infrastructure bill passed and is bringing tech manufacturing back to the states and decriminalizing weed on the federal level and trying to help with student loan debt forgiveness. If they had someone better than that, they'd run him. But Joe Biden's old, so people are scared. Gavin Newsom, he's ready for 2028. He can wait. <laughs> but here's the thing. YouTube just pulled an interview with Robert Kennedy and Jordan Peterson. I know, what a summit, right? I, I bet you're crushed by this. YouTube pulled this interview between these two guys because it contained vaccine misinformation. YouTube says their policy prohibits content that alleges that vaccines cause chronic side effects outside of rare side effects that are recognized by health authorities. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has claimed that YouTube was interfering with his presidential campaign by removing the video. 
Uh, also, in the same interview, he said with no evidence that chemicals in the water supply are turning kids trans. You've really got to hear it to believe it, that gender dysphoria in boys is caused by the water supply. This is the video that YouTube decided to take down. So the right wing is furious about this censorship. Robert Kennedy is furious about this censorship. And the TV show I just taped at News Nation was furious about this censorship. They were more furious when I pointed out there's no censorship here. He hasn't been censored at all. YouTube decided not to let him push lies about medicine on their free platform. But the clips posted on Twitter, his right to free speech has not been curtailed in any way. A business made a choice that he couldn't post lies on their platform. That's not censorship. That's you being anti-capitalism. And again, it's not because YouTube cares. It's because it's their own liability. What if someone takes Bobby Kennedy's advice and gets sick and then YouTube might be on the hook? That's all it is about. They're covering their ass. But again, Elon posted it. You can see it. And, and, and it's the same stuff he said on the Rogan podcast. So he hasn't been censored. Government censorship is not the same as corporate liability. YouTube doesn't want anybody getting hurt because of something they saw on the platform. If I say something really offensive uh, on your TV show and your security throws me out, I'm still free to yell my crazy shit from the sidewalk. I have not been silenced. And listen, here, here's what you need to know. When we're looking at all these stories and, you know, well, why can't the Democrats find someone different? I'm going to keep reminding you. Look at who's going after Joe Biden. Look at who hates Joe Biden. <laughs> it's the billionaires. It's the fascists. And now it's the pharmaceutical companies. And they are launching a huge attack on the new Medicare drug reforms, which have already begun to lower prescription costs for seniors. The drug maker trade group Pharma, PHRMA, they just filed a lawsuit claiming that the new law's best known feature violates the Constitution in multiple ways. The most evil people in our country, the polluters... The the poisoners, <laughs> big pharma that wants profits above your health, they're gunning for Joe Biden. They're the ones who are staking Robert Kennedy. They're the ones who are trying to smear Hunter Biden and Adam Schiff just to hurt Joe Biden. But at the end of the day, it looks more and more like this presidential election is going to be between the two old guys, Biden and Trump, and voters will have to decide. Do you want the old white man who needs a nap or do you want the old white man? Who needs more defense attorneys? We want to know what you guys think. I'm trying to get my VX to come up so I can see who's on hold. Uh, Chris, can you tell me, or Thea, who are we going to take on terms of the calls? I can't get it to come up. Well, John, let's talk to Laura in Los Angeles. Welcome Laura in Los show. Angeles. I thought you'd never. Oh, and right away my program pops up. Hi, Laura. Welcome. Hi. Um, since you're not going to do, uh, you said, uh, I'm not here to make disparaging remarks about RFK Jr., I have called in from Los Angeles to do it for you. Thank you. All I'm going to do is tell the facts because I like him personally and he's right about a lot of things. But he's also being exploited by some really bad people for pushing some stuff that sounds really compelling and he has no data to back it up. So uh, I, also, I think I'm Malcolm being fair. Nance, Go ahead. Malcolm Nance fact. Malcolm Nance pointed out that Steve Bannon and uh, Roger Stone and uh, what's that? Uh, Sackler, not Sackler. Some a major right wing billionaire has mm -hmm. paid for all his campaign financing. He can yeah. really fuck this up for Biden. That's so what's happening. We need he to is go being, after he, him. He's a finance spoiler. Yeah, but again, I don't think okay. you need to go after him too hard because he, he, he let me tell you, 22%. he's not going to win. 
Yeah, 20, you know what? No, we don't need him to win. We know he's not going to win. But the 22% of Democrat voters are going to vote for him, like a Ralph Nader, like a Jill Stein. Remember, that's what happened with Hillary. That's exactly, that's what it's all about. But those are third-party candidates. RFK is running as a Democrat. You want to look at Dr. Cornell West. He's the one we have to worry about. He's the one I admire the most, and he's going to be running for the Green Party. That's where you got to be. I know. Worried. I don't. I, yeah, I don't want to say anything bad about him. I just want to say with me, right? Like, I don't want to say anything please, bad about Cornell yeah. West. But again, you know what all these it's guys have in common? Time. Yeah. You know what it's all these guys time. have in common? That's you, what, you, you, you know what? All of them. They don't have uteruses. That's what they have in common. Yeah. These are all men go. who were not inconvenienced by the gutting of Roe v. Wade. It, Wait, they have no skin this? in the game. What do you say to this? There's a, a black female historian or she she's an author she was on dean obadala's show and Mm -hmm. she said all i know is a black american female that under joe biden i have lost most of my rights as a woman under joe biden who said because roe v wade went down under biden how come biden isn't doing executive orders to to cease and desist these uh 13 states have taken away my rights uh, taking away uh, my access to voting. I this hope Dean called like her out Biden on this. President. I, I, no, I hope my good didn't. friend and moral superior Dean Obadala called her out on this nonsense. No, he didn't. He just said, well, why do you think that way? Yeah, and, it happened on and, his watch. You know, but last time I checked, it wasn't Joe Biden putting Brett Kavanaugh, Neil Gorsuch, and Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court. So that well, Donald Dean Trump's walking around bragging well, Dean's got a lot on his plate. He's a very good man. I know, but man. what I'm saying is if she's going on a platform and espousing that, then other uh, voters that maybe she's able to reach are thinking, oh, yeah, it is Joe Biden. Yeah, well, That's the thing that we need to, to reach the people uh, that I know. don't – they'll see Kennedy's name reach. on a ballot. And all I want them to remember is – it's in their DNA. They rape women, or they rape them, and then they kill them. So yep. that's what well, I want. I want it that bad. I want it that bad. Chris, you're, you're weighing in? Um, I mean, sure. That's, you know, her words, not ours. And, um, uh, yes. you know, uh, as far as the guest on Dean's show, I mean, she's entitled to her opinion, and there are people that feel that way. Look, it's perfectly reasonable to, to believe, and to it's almost quantifiable that the Biden administration for the sake of kind of peace among the parties hasn't done enough or could have done more to protect and stop these things from happening. That's true. Yeah. It's yeah. true. And that's a, and, and if you can't criticize the party in power, you, we, we can't have this blind faith uh, uh, allegiance because that makes us no better than, than the Trumpers. I completely agree. And that's what I like about Democrats is that it's not blind obedience and that Democrats, you know, they're, they're the ones who are going to throw each other out of office for Me Too violations. Democrats will eject each other. But again, I'm of this belief that we can criticize this White House from the left, from a liberal perspective, to try to push them to greater bravery and greater decency while at the same time acknowledging, hey, this is still our team. We're allowed to lobby for their policies to be better, but we still know at the end of the day, we're not trying to get Joe Biden, you know, losing because somehow we got well, enough that, guys that, in three not, states yeah, to vote for a third party. What, that was not what her opinion was saying. She wants to get rid of Joe Biden no, I because got that. he did nothing for. Yeah, and I so wish you knew her name because she sounds like a very on the ballot. She sounds like a very silly so, person. I'd love to book her on this show. I got to run, Laura, but I thank you very, okay, very much for the you. call.
Thank you. I love when they call and talk about Dean's show or Michelangelo's show. It just gets me thinking, God, I wish I was watching those guys. They, they do real shows. Not like, not like this. Okay, quick break. When we come back, your calls at 866-997-4748 and Professor Corey Brettschneider. Because let's be honest, uh, we got to talk about this Sam Alito. We'll be right back. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Because you know I love it when you do. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Republicans are just saying talk to the hand when you bring up ethics questions about uh, a conservative Supreme Court justice. No, I'm not talking about the ethics violations of Clarence Thomas. No, I'm not talking about the ethics violations of Neil Gorsuch. No, I'm not talking about the violent John Roberts. No, this is Samuel Alito. We just found out he, too, accepted Luxury trips and private jet travel from a mega donor who had business before his court. Bought and paid for empty suit John Cornyn from Texas said, I think it's part of an assault on the conservatives because the left doesn't like their decisions. No, the left doesn't like their corruption. And none of us should like the fact that it's impossible to have any accountability over a Supreme Court justice, unless you get two-thirds to impeach. Corey Brettschneider is the professor with a Ph.D. in politics from Princeton, a law degree from Stanford, and he uses them to fight crime and enrich the lives of students in the poli-sci department at Brown. You've read him in Time, New York Times, but you have to have his book, The Oath in the Office, A Guide to the Constitution for Future Presidents. Also, his new Penguin Liberty series books on free speech, impeachment, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg's most notable cases. Professor Brettschneider, welcome back. Thanks, John. Uh, pleasure to talk, as always. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, Corey, Alito now is in the barrel, and uh, it's really yeah. interesting. When he wrote that op-ed for the Wall Street Journal, I just <laughs> thought, this guy sounds really panicked, and he's going after ProPublica? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it just seemed like a very unhinged, preemptive kind of damage control, yeah. which tells me the man's a bit rattled. Yeah, unhinged. Uh, it was. I, I mean, is there another example where... <laughs> where a Supreme Court justice is writing an op-ed to try to beat a story that's coming out about him. I mean, it does 
have the feel <laughs> of, you know, an alderman or a city council person charged with corruption and, and trying to, to hang on out of a Supreme Court justice. I mean, we used to associate the Supreme Court with dignity, and that this doesn't seem to have have any of that. And no, I guess I, I'll I say, too, as a way of just keeping it going, uh, you know, the content of what he said was just awful. I mean, it's a, a rant. And, uh, you know, the idea that this would be a serious defense of himself, I think, is uh, it's, it's just embarrassing. Yeah, it, it just seems like we have so much evidence now, hardcore evidence of these justices who are taking inappropriate gifts that some could legally call bribes from very wealthy men who are putting cases before their court. They're not recusing themselves. They're ruling on it. And I think we're all realizing that our democracy is powerless to stop this. It's pretty depressing, you know, uh, and he's it's the sort of blatant lying or or ignorance that. Uh, he says, for instance, that he didn't know that this donor had cases before the court, and yet there's story after story where his name is linked to the cases before the court. So, I mean, it's it's either negligent or 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 lying. And and then I guess I also thought just the principles that he I- explains in in the op-ed. So, for instance, at one point he's talking about why he was allowed, he thinks, ethically to take a ride on this jet along with Leonard Leo um, right? uh, of the to Federal Rome. Society. And he, and he says that the, there, it wasn't full and there was an empty seat as if, you know, I, I saw a good line on Twitter which said that, uh, you know, imagine that, that there was a bus and uh, somebody was fare evading and they're like, oh, well, there are some empty seats. <laughs> it's like that right? really does not seem to go to the... the I mean, I stole this bag of money from the bank, but no one's name was on the right. bag of money, Corey. Like, no one's name was there. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and just, just so we understand, it. <laughs> he, this, this, this free paid trip to Rome happened last year, and it was paid for by ND Law's Religious Liberty Initiative, which in the last three years has filed several briefs before the Supreme Court. Alito overturned Roe and then essentially got a free trip to Rome on the plaintiff's dime. Yeah, and, you know, there's no shame in it. I mean, that's what's so disturbing, I think, about the op-ed part of the story, that it would be one thing if there was a recognition that, okay, I, I made a mistake or I should have disclosed, but it's just a doubling down. And in a way that, I mean, imagine a city council person making that argument about the the uh, plane <laughs> not being full or, um, right. you know, some equivalent. Uh, it's 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 laughable. I mean, I mean, uh, I'm, so I'm, I'm looking at I, I don't you know, know that... what to tell you, except that <laughs> it's structural. You know, the idea that the Supreme Court doesn't have ethics schools, that there's no external arbiter looking over them, uh, that there is no defense of this whatsoever. And the legitimacy of the court, which I think already is being shattered, uh, the reversal of Roe and and the assault on voting rights, those are substantive things. But then the, the rampant co- corruption of, of two justices, how are we supposed to respect this institution? I'll tell you, I used to always... Wait, 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 two, two justices? Hang on a second. We're yeah. not letting Kavanaugh or Roberts off the hook yet, yeah. are we, Corey? <laughs> too recent, too recent. I mean, in, in a Kavanaugh case, I mean, of course, the, the from the beginning, the nomination never should have been allowed. I, I was just thinking of the two most recent financial uh, improprieties that were announced in the, in the related Thomas and I mean, Alito cases, but that's right. But, certainly, we don't want to let Kavanaugh yeah. off the 
off the hook. I mean, Corey, you're 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 offered luxury vacations from billionaires you don't know and want <laughs> nothing from you in return all the time, right? I mean, you wouldn't turn those down. Um, it, it just you know the picture of him next to the billionaire holding the salmon where he caught the giant fish. Like that yeah. picture's been making the rounds all week on the Alaskan fishing getaway, and I keep yeah. thinking, does Alito think he's being invited on these luxury trips because they like so his fun. personality? Like it's like yeah, jokes. <laughs> I mean, does Clarence Thomas <laughs> no, get well, no, all these yacht? Alito he believes he gets the all these yacht trips because he's so fun to hang out with and go fishing and play golf. Like yeah. these guys have to play dumb. The plausible yeah. deniability is part of the corruption. Yeah, I, I did meet him. Uh, I went to the you did. spoke at the Federal Society, you know, in the pre-Trump times when I think it was still reasonable to debate, debate conservatives and where the country was in a different place. And I went to the dinner and I met him before and I spoke to him and I told him, you know, I would be interested in having him to Brown that I was uh, interested in, you know, bringing, bringing conservatives to campus. And he said, well, you, you should wait before you, you know, really make that invitation until you see my speech. And the speech was such a screed about in defense of Citizens United and mm. and screaming at all the critics who dared to criticize it. And I thought after that, you, you know what, it was sort of the beginning of seeing wh- where we are now, that there's no way that this is the kind of person that I want to expose students to. And there are lots of principal conservatives out there, but I thought this guy is not not one of them. He just seems wow. to be a political hack. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that was impression of, of what's to come. And what we're seeing now is, yeah, it's beyond indefensible. It's grotesque. And and, and it, it, it is killing the institution. I mean, I, I don't really see another, another way to describe it. Well, uh, you know, you could also say the institution's being killed by the ferociously shitty rulings they're handing down, like the one today, <laughs> the 6-3 majority against Marcus D'Angelo Jones. Yeah. This story, I- I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind yeah. around this, Professor, because this <laughs> yeah, man was given a, on it. He got a 27-year sentence. Well, well, this right after Hunter Biden, it's like so good to know Republicans care about unregulated yeah. gun ownership. But yeah, I mean, right. this this man was given a 27 year prison sentence because he violated a law that was supposed to keep guns right. out of the hands of people with criminal convictions. Can, can right. you explain what this case was all about and why the court has essentially ruled against a man who was given 27 yeah, years in jail the, for the, having a gun? You know, it's confusing because you think, oh, it's guns. The conservatives are pro guns, but it doesn't turn out. Uh, that way. There's somebody who's been convicted of a gun crime. And basically what happened was that the, there was a, a, a sort of clarification to the law that changed the standard of evidence that you need for conviction. So this prisoner, who's, who has a very lengthy uh, sentence for a gun crime, uh, said, I want to appeal my conviction because under the way the law as clarified now, I should be freed. I never should have been convicted. Right. And what Thomas seems to be saying in the opinion, and, and you know, I haven't had enough time to study it in depth, but, but, but this is the basics, is he says, uh, too bad, you already had your appeal. You had your chance. So even though, basically, you're not guilty of a crime anymore because the law has been clarified, because you had a chance at your appeal in the past, I'm not going to let you uh, go again. Now, that, that sounds absurd. Except the court has a case called Herrera. Um, That's the one from some time ago that Rehnquist uh, wrote that that really stands for the proposition that actually being innocent of a crime is not justification to be let out on appeal. That if you've mm-hmm. exhausted your appeals at some point, too bad. And and this this case, as I understand it, is in that Herrera tradition. 
of saying actual innocence is really not the standard. The standard is whether or not you've had your certain number of appeals because we don't want to clunk up the system. And the thought really is, this is brutal, but it is, if you're innocent, too bad. The system needs to sacrifice some innocent people in order to, to function. And as horrific as that is, that, that is basically what Thomas is saying, and that's why it rightly drew a, a very uh, strong dissent from some of the liberal justices. But this case four years ago in 2019, I mean, that's really what this represents. That was when the court ruled seven to two that this foreign student from the United Arab Emirates who took target practice at a shooting range in Florida, even though he had been thrown out of the Florida Institute of Technology, was in the U.S. illegally. And he was prosecuted under a law that bars people who are in the country illegally from having guns. And essentially, the Supreme Court in the seven to two ruling more or less... And came down on the side of, of saying that prosecutors have to prove that people charged with violating gun laws knew they weren't allowed to have the gun. He's literally right. going for a four-year-old case they've ruled on. Right. And you would think common sense, the follow-up to that is to say, okay, did this guy, you know, <laughs> was he under this new standard, under this corrected standard, guilty or not? End of story. And if he's not guilty, then let him out because he didn't commit a crime. That's right. a common sense thing to say. And what Thomas is saying is, no, common sense doesn't prevail here. You get one shot. <laughs> this guy took it already. And uh, too bad we're not letting him out because um, innocence, it's not enough to be innocent. I mean, that's it's really the idea. We've got to, you know, it's, it's really trying to apply, you know, the most, the most rule-oriented in the narrow sense way of seeing things when it comes to the most important issue there is, which is, is somebody in prison uh, guilty or not? And the not guilty people should should go free. Look, the basic idea of the legal system is supposed to be, you know, all our listeners have heard this many times, that it's better that 10 guilty people go free than one innocent people person be put behind bars. And Thomas is really reversing that and saying, you know, yeah, I know this guy's innocent, but I'm not going to let him out because he's already had his appeal. And I don't I mean, want too many of these coming before my court. It's just amazing. I mean, the, the Herrera ruling pretty much said that, you know, being executed when you're innocent doesn't violate the Constitution as long as your trial followed the law, because there's no right in the Constitution to not be executed just because you didn't actually right. do it. I mean, that that was their logic, right? That is unbelievable. I mean, the whole. I don't idea, even know what I'm talking about, Corey. I don't even understand what I just said to you. <laughs> you did. What you said is the law. I mean, that's what's so crazy. It, it really it hurts your mind to say that. And and of course, you know, in this case that we've been discussing the gun case, it's not about the death penalty. It's about long term imprisonment. And and in the absurd instance in which somebody's going to get the death penalty, even though there's evidence of their actual innocence, uh, the court says Rehnquist says. Too bad that that's not the right. The right isn't to 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 be free of the death penalty when you're innocent. And they're carrying forth that logic here. And it's all about efficiency, wanting the legal system to not get clunked up uh, with, uh, you know, it's fine, by the way, to go back to our other theme, to clunk it up with conservative donors and, and business people who have all, you know, their pet issues before the court. But we don't want to clunk it up with actually innocent people who uh, should be freed because that that's going to be too time consuming and, and costly. It's, it's really outrageous, especially in the context of this other news that we've had 
over the past few weeks. Professor, we only have a minute or two left, but would it be okay if I if I sprung a, a, a ruling on you? Because I'm a little fascinated Please. by this Navajo Nation v. Arizona case. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, like last week, we were praising this court because they, they, they said, hey, it's wrong to steal the children of indigenous people. Uh, we thought, oh, wow, <laughs> go you. Wow, 20th century. Um, now, you know, the, the Navajo have lived in the Colorado River Basin for hundreds of years, signed a treaty in 1849. 14 years later, federal troops drove them away, marched them, you know, 300 miles. In 1868, Sherman agreed to give them back their original homeland in the Colorado area. And they promised, they, the white man, the federal government promised Navajo they'd have access to resources that they would need to maintain an agricultural way of life. You see where I'm going with the federal government making mm-hmm. promises to Indians here? So um, <laughs> most people use 80 to 100 gallons of water per day for their household. Navajo Nation members use about seven gallons a day. About 30% of those on the reservation have no running water. ProPublica just reported Arizona tries to block their access to water, and they sued the federal government. And the Supreme Court this week pretty much said, no, you know what? You don't have a right to clean water. And Arizona doesn't have to provide you with clean water. Well, I have to read the opinion. I saw the headlines, but I'll make a general comment, which is, and I said this last week, that, you know, you never want to get too excited with the Supreme Court. There was a sense in which that ruling that we were talking about looks like it was pro-Native American rights. And now we see that, you know, that's far from the case, that the court is always going to be supportive of Native American rights. And I'll add one more thing. It's not even supportive when it comes to the basic right necessarily of Native Americans to be free from, well, having their children stolen, which was the issue in the case uh, before and, and redistributed really to white families. Why do I say that? Because although the court defended um, this law, this federal law protecting Native Americans, and in the case we are talking about last week, there's another version of that case coming soon that's going to charge discrimination, that the law discriminates against white people. And so it's a violation of the Equal Protection Clause. And the court is Mm -hmm. using that clause of the Constitution, which was meant to end the system of racial apartheid uh, in in slavery and post-slavery America. And it's using that increasingly to defend the supposed rights of white people and under this <laughs> colorblind idea of the Constitution. So look out for that, too. You might see another assault on Native American rights in that oh. same issue of the right to not have children redistributed. Absolutely. Professor Brett Schneider, what's the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with your work? Uh, on the Twitter at Brett Schneider C, CoreyRedSchneider.com, and uh, buy a copy of uh, The Oath in the Office and the Penguin Liberty series. Uh, and you're going away. We're going to move on. We're going to lose you for a couple of weeks of summer vacation. Am I hearing this right? I'm going to be gone. Yeah, we're going to be uh, on a bike trip uh, nice. traveling around Spain and uh, go back and have a great get back. Have a great time, Corey. You really deserve Thank it. Enjoy you. Spain. My God, I'm jealous. We have to take a break. Ah. We'll be back with your calls in just a moment. This is progress. OK, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is SiriusXM Progress. Welcome to it. I'm John Fugelsang. We're at 866-997-4748. And if you're on hold, we are getting to you guys tonight. Linda in Kansas, welcome. You're on SiriusXM. Uh, thank you, John. Hi. Um, Hi. I'm a daywalker, so I missed your conversation last night about the Southern Baptists and what is going on there. Um, okay. I'm very I'm honored to have that. you with us now. Thank you. I was glad to hear Reverend Sandy is also United Methodist. So, yes, uh, the tribe is strong. Um, I mean, I got to say, it's it's a, as as a as a you know damaged Catholic watching all this that's going on with the Baptists. It's it's kind of shocking to me how they're just so willing to their their desire to have dominion over their female parishioners is greater than their desire to survive as a church. Well, and unfortunately, the United Methodist uh, Church is also going through its own split. Uh, those who are like the Southern Baptists are forming their own denomination and leaving us more progressive people to um, to do the Jesus parts of the Bible, as I think you would say. Yeah, that's it. And and I'm 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 sympathetic with those who are torn on leaving, who are leaving churches that have voted to join this new denomination. It's painful. Um, yeah. It's incredibly yeah. painful for people who are losing losing their their relationships and their families and, and support systems. Um, I'm sure you've been reading Diana Butler Bass lately is, is yes. calling folks who are leaving um, ex-evangelicals and are yeah. showing up sometimes at our mainline denomination churches. Um, and and my, the, my, my word that I would say to people who are looking for new, who are leaving and, and are undergoing immense pain. Um, if you don't feel like looking for another church for a while, and on Sunday morning, stay home with a cup of tea and a good book, and uh, <laughs> yeah. God will not be disappointed at all. Um, yeah. And and my advice to people who are in churches who are receiving these folk who are leaving, don't ask them to join committees their first Sunday they visit you, because that'll drive them away. Oh, um, I know. Wow, it's so true. <laughs> I, oh, some what, no one I comes did. on too hard like church folk can come on too hard, oh, right? The sure, skeeziest sure. guys in college and freshman orientation week don't come on as hard as some of these church people. Exactly, but um, I just my my heart goes out to people who are hurting through with the Southern Baptists and my own denomination, and um, I just um, encourage them to to take some time because that's that's religious trauma and religious yeah. abuse and yeah. it's very serious. Um, and, uh, and, and these guys don't own God. These guys don't own God. They don't own Jesus. Right. They don't own religion and they don't own you. And I, I love everything you've said. I, I know, I'm, no longer, I'm no longer a pastor, but I'm attending a church. But uh, I tell you, I listen to you for preaching. Oh, well, I'm, I'm more I'm more a pontificator, really. I'm more a, a pious pontificating apostate. Linda. I'll take what I can get. My producer, Chris, wants to wants to bother you now. Linda, 
Linda, I appreciate you calling us so much. And, I, and I, this is the first time I'm speaking to you, but I was wondering if you wouldn't mind being on the uh, organizing committee for our peach ice cream festival this summertime. A lot of the wives really enjoy it. And you'll make a lot of friends there. <laughs> Well, if, if I can do it through Zoom, sure. I don't mean to drive you away, but... Yeah, and then if you can co-sign this loan for the church restoration project, we sure would appreciate that as well. Uh, yeah, no. you, you got it right. You got it right. Um, you, you, you'll have a lot more God in your life going out and doing volunteer work to help the needy or, or, or giving love to someone than sitting there having some... Some pastor explained to you why women are 51% of the population and they're not worthy of the priesthood. Um, I was over that shit very young in Catholic faith. So. Right, right. And yeah. please have Diana Butler Bass on again soon. We'll see. We'll see about that. Yeah. She's got it. You know, she, she and I have a history. We'll, we'll see. No, of course we will. We love her and she classes up the joint quite a bit. Uh, Linda, thank you so much for calling. Thanks for being a daywalker. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. I'm really excited now because one of my favorite comedians, not just one of my favorite comedians in New York, like one of my favorite comedians, not just one of my favorite comedians to work with or have on this show, one of my favorite comedians to watch on stage is here. I've had the pleasure of doing a lot of shows with Carmen Lynch, and you may have had the pleasure of seeing her on The Tonight Show with Fallon, on The Late Show with Colbert, The Late Show with Letterman, Conan, Craig Ferguson. She's been on Life and Beth, Inside Amy Schumer, the documentary Hysterical. There's many reasons why she's brilliant. She's a great writer. But here's the thing. Carmen also does her act in Spanish. Uh, she does two podcasts, has a couple of comedy albums, and a lot of great social media videos on TikTok. But right now, she is going to be taping two comedy specials. Next week, first, Monday, June 26th at 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. There's still some seats available for the 10 p.m. at the Comedy Cellar in New York. You can go to ComedyCellar.com. And then, and then... On Saturday, July 15th, a couple weeks later, she's going to be doing taping two specials in Spanish in Barcelona. I This woman is so talented, it scares me. Carmen Lynch, welcome back to SiriusXM. God, I've missed your intros. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so amazing. They well, just not... fill me up with positivity. I'm like, then, oh, I need to hear this. Listen, I've said this before. Unlike every TV job I've ever had, this radio show is the only job where I never have to book anyone I don't want to. So every guest <laughs> we have is 100% someone I'm excited to see. And I'm, oh. I'm excited to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I love this like late night backdrop that you have. <laughs> like you're just hanging out in the skyline in New York City. Yeah, it's actually, you know what? My computer busted. That's my, my computer oh. broke today. And, and that's why the email I sent you didn't go through. So I'm using my backup computer. That's actually the planet Coruscant from the Star Wars prequels. It's not oh. a New York City skyline. <laughs> um, I didn't have my classy New York skyline for, for the Zoom here. But I have so many questions for you because we, we've talked about this before. But I, I'm amazed anytime comedians can actually pull it off bilingually. And uh, I, I'm just very curious. This is going to be the same set, right? You're doing essentially the same act and the same bits for both I've mixed of the it specials. Up. Tell me. I've mixed How it do- up. I would say about 50% of the English special is in Spanish. The other 50% is either jokes that I, you know, that didn't, that, that aren't on the English special that like, I made up in Spanish. They're different jokes, but it's not okay. the exact hour, which makes it a little more fun for me because I I'm just like throwing out, throwing in other stuff. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I'm so curious about the, the technical elements of it, because regardless of how good a joke is, I know that in, in different translations, right, there's there's some words that work better and there's some words that don't. And there's probably cultural references that would work for a joke in English that wouldn't work in Espanol. Well, one of my first the one of the first things I tell the audience when I do it in Spanish and it's all true is that I lived in Spain until I was eight. So my Spanish, sometimes I sound like an eight year old girl. <laughs> so I'm like, go ahead and make fun of me. I may not have like the cool slang that adults have. I may say stuff wrong, but uh, but then they're immediately with me because they're like, okay, she knows her her accent is good, but her grammar. I mean, everything is is like 85 percent great. It's just I don't sound like an adult living in Spain sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> but but you you moved to the states when you were eight, right? Yes. And then you've gone back many times. You have family there. So I would imagine you're, yeah. you're pretty you're pretty proficient if you're confident enough to record a record. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I'm saying like the example I like to give people is that one time it's like if I said I went to the doctor of the ears instead of saying to the ear doctor, like sometimes stuff like that will come out. Right. OK. You I know, and they yeah. laugh and I'm like, oh, did I say it wrong? And they're like, yes, but keep it. We like it. It's cute. <laughs> so you use that. You use that in the act. That's actually you're actually taking your crutch and, and using it to get more laughs and endear yourself to the crowd. Well, I don't even know I'm doing it because I used to be like very like almost embarrassed. Like, oh, my God, how do you say it? Please tell me. And now it's like, you know what? You know how they say embrace your flaws? I'm like, yes. who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I fetishize and promote mine. I'm curious, <laughs> since most of us will never have this experience, what's the biggest difference in, in, in the crowds between doing an hour in New York City and then doing an hour in Spanish in Barcelona? What, what, what's, what's the biggest difference with the audience or is there none? I mean, sometimes I think the audiences are a little more theatrical where they applaud more than they laugh. Um, not always, but I have had situations where I'm like, listen, guys, I don't need you to give me an applause break every five seconds. I mm. just want you to laugh. If it's really amazing, you can clap. But but I've done shows there where I'm like, this is too much. Like like I'm <laughs> like I'm doing like special tricks like I don't need that. Just laugh. You know, I, I know. I, I know that you've you've done like uh, the Latino Laugh Festival. You toured with the Latinas of Comedy with with Paul Rodriguez, but you're you're sort of you sort of have a a, a double life because you can easily play the the gringa goddess, can't you? <laughs> I would love to be the gringa on like Telemundo, like on a on a Spanish <laughs> soap opera. Just I come in and I'm like this super white, tall, six foot woman who speaks like semi-broken spanish but not really you know right. um right <laughs> and and i'm like you know breaking up families and just being super dramatic like it just sounds like a hilarious soap opera to me i'm ready i, I, I have one last question about about barcelona comedy because i I've, I've never had the pleasure but is it as more male dominated as i would imagine no, actually, I don't know if it's just it's just evolved so much since I started, like maybe at the beginning it was when I first started doing it Spanish, maybe like seven or eight years ago. But I mean, the Internet and, and you know, they, they follow like New York comics. They they see how we've evolved and they're very respect. They respect New York comedy a lot. So I yeah. think I mean, I see a lot of Spanish women up there. There's a lot 
it's like here. It's just a different language and maybe the rooms are slightly different. Some of them aren't necessarily comedy clubs, but they're like little bars. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's super fun. And Madrid, same. Like I had a blast in Madrid doing shows. I love that you're taping the special on a Monday night. It seems like it's actually great. You'd think normally Monday, not the best night to go to a club, but it's actually when it's your show and it's your special, I would imagine, you know, the crowd is totally hot. When I've done special shows on a Monday, people are excited to be there. Uh, Will it be the same show at eight o'clock and 10 o'clock? Yes. Same show. Eight o'clock, 10 o'clock. Eight o'clock has a few tickets left. 10 o'clock has more. So definitely if you're listening and you live in New York City, come to the Comedy Cellar, 10 o'clock. And my Instagram and all my socials are at Carmen Comedian, and all of them have a link in the bio for tickets to the Comedy Cellar. So please come. Yes. I want to ask a question. I heard you tell this story once. I, I want to make sure I got it right about how you got your first appearance on Letterman. I think you were at the comic strip and you were there yes. just, to, just to do a normal set and somebody else was auditioning. Somebody else was, well, um, Ted Alexandro was doing Letterman. Like, okay. I, you know how they come with you like the night before and watch your set, watch you run yeah. it. So I was on literally just before he was running his set. So the the three Letterman, uh, the bookers were at the strip when I went on. So it was just to- timing. Yeah. But that, that was your audition and you didn't even know it. I mean, it was it was a a chance to to see me. But the material that I did that night, there was no way that would have gone on Letterman. (laughs) That was just I remember that night I was like, God, some of those jokes are really dirty. I can't believe they saw that, you know, (laughs) but uh, but I still made it on the show. So that's good. What was it that first made you become a stand up, Carmen? I was pursuing acting and I got so frustrated because, you know, you have to wait for someone to call you. You have to go to an audition. You have to get a call back. And I was just I moved up here from Virginia and I was so excited to become an actress. And it was so frustrating. And then I I kind of fell into stand up. I saw a show and I tried it and I was like, oh, I don't have to wait for anything for this. Like I can just go to an open mic every single night and and I can go. I don't even have to look attractive because acting has such a like put your makeup on and make sure. And in, in stand up, you can go like, I don't know, in, in your pajamas and no one would probably say anything. <laughs> I mean, they might, but yeah. Um, also, are, are you still doing the human centipod with our friend, the great John Reynolds? Yes. John Reynolds and I are still on. She's so funny on Sirius XM on the human centipod. And we're on a two week little break, which is perfect. Cause I'm shooting the special, but in nice. two weeks we're back. Yeah great i love you and him together it's great and i can't stand a couple that gets along and is as funny as the two of you uh <gasps> ms lynch i'm so thrilled you're here if i was not doing this show on monday night i would be there at the 10 o'clock show at the, oh, at the uh, comedy cellar what is the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with all your work uh all socials at carmen comedian and the ticket link is in there you can go to carmenlynch.com and all my tour dates are on there, including the cellar and Barcelona. But I would say easiest way is either go to comedyseller.com or follow me on Instagram or TikTok at Carmen Comedian. Carmen Lynch, it is always a joy to have you class up our little rinky dig radio show here. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much, John. It's good to see 10 you. 10 o'clock on Monday night at the cellar in New York City. Be there. I can't wait to see the special. Please, please come on before it premieres, but come on when it premieres too. Let's get some eyes on it.
I will. Thank you. Great. Thank you. We're going to be right back with Dr. Jason Nichols and your calls at 866-997-4748. This is Progress After Dark. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We'll be joined very shortly by Dr. Jason Nichols. Rich in Indiana, thank you so much for your patience on hold. Welcome. Thank you, John. I appreciate you so much. Um, you too. Last night you got to have a really cool conversation with uh, a reverend, and you were talking about the um, Southern Baptist Convention and their exclusion of women, and I got to chime in. And I yeah. have come back, please, to... Um, underline the idea of toxic masculinity as a very uh, important litmus test, if you will, for uh, deciding to make a judgment on something. If you get the whiff that toxic masculinity is in charge of the decision-making, then you're, you're bound to be able to find fault with it in a, in a very profound and uh, important way to be able to criticize it. Right. Um, the, the idea um, that we're having this national crisis, um, uh, I, I always think about how um, the, uh, the Newt Gingrich um, evolution started this in, in my observations. And yeah. what we're dealing with today is a civic health crisis. That is a, a turn of phrase that came along yesterday and I, grabbed it and wrote it down. Yeah, um, I would agree. I would, I, would, I would encourage people to get their notebooks uh, uh, and their pens and set them by the radio and, and write stuff down when it, when it strikes them as important. You know, yes. have access to this so that you can repeat it. You know, That's what I do. You have no idea how many accidents I cause on the road doing that, listening to the radio, <laughs> because I have to write shit down all the time. Oh, well, it's a compulsion for me, and I feel bettered by uh, the, the habit. Nice. I wanted to say that the Catholic Church is not a monolith, and that uh, the, the best example of the far-right schism, uh, as embodied by public figures like 
uh, Father Charles Coughlin back in the 20s, yep. 30s, mm-hmm. uh, you know, standing up and being a Nazi before we knew that Adolf Hitler was really there. This is this, this thing that has been in the Catholic Church, and they were responsible all through the Nazification of Germany and then that war. And then after that war, spiriting people out of the, um, the German military hierarchy yeah. uh, in what was called the rat line. Um, yeah. Rat line refers to the courtesy. The courtage steps. Oh, we could we, listen. We could talk all night about the evil doings of the Catholic Church. The Holy Roman Empire has got a lot of blood on its hands, and you're exactly yeah, right. Yeah. I think it's very possible to talk about the amazingly good charitable things Catholic people do yeah. while still calling out the institution for uh, you know the historic blight. I looked at been. Dorothy Day as as my my best example of of the current uh, good perspective and and right mindedness. Uh, you know, with the uh, the Catholic worker, but there are apparently Dorothy Day. Sh- um, Dorothy Day should be on money. That woman is so great. No, My father please. had a, a a portrait above his bed of of Gandhi, Doctor mm. King, and Dorothy Day, like a pencil sketch he bought somewhere of those three. They, those were the three. Mm heroes of my dad's life and and cool. yeah she was the How real cool. deal she was the part someone who said yeah. oh wait jesus said you have to be service to the poor that's what i'll do it was that yep. simple no yep. abortion no be mean to gays no somebody. attack the immigrants that's it you gotta serve yeah. hey you should write that line down that's pretty good write that down catchy <laughs> no i, I gotta go did. rich dr <laughs> dr nichols is none waiting in the wings hopeless. i gotta run but i uh none are more I lost him. No worries. He's quoting Bob Dylan. I, I'm sorry, but I'm excited. Do, call back anytime, Rich. Jason Nichols is with us. He is the award-winning full-time senior lecturer in the African-American Studies Department at the University of Maryland in College Park. You may have seen or read him on NBC News, The Hill, The Guardian, Al Jazeera. He's on Newsmax all the time. I don't know how he debates these people. I was on News Nation tonight with some right-wingers, and I do not have his composure game. Dr. Nichols, welcome back to SiriusXM. Oh, thank you for having me, John. I'm always glad to be here. Thank you. It's good to see you. How's your week been, sir? Oh, it's been it's been interesting. <laughs> you know, like uh, you know, doing what I do, and you know, sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's tedious. But you know, overall, I, I would say I enjoy you know the exchange and being able to at least break up an, an echo chamber. So I got yes. to do a little bit of that this week. Uh, you know. Get my weekly death threats. Uh, who was the one that uh, sent me just a second ago? Uh, what's his name? I just want to pull. Oh it yeah, out. tell us. Tell us their names too. Oh, I like Michael that. Cheslock said you would look good with a rope. I think we all know what he was trying to get across there. Uh, Michael he Cheslock. This to, he email this to you? Yeah, he emailed it to me. The big dummy. There's no way that he's like some kinky guy into bondage, and that's what he's trying to say, sir. There's no that that's could not be really a possibility. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I look good with everything, but yeah, I, you know, I, maybe he's into that. Um, Mike, I'm not, I'm not your guy. Uh, but one thing John people saying has taught me: you don't kink shame. So I'm not going to kink shame no, you. No kink shame. Yeah, we can't do that. Can't do that. Yeah. I, I love how you handle it because earlier tonight I was taping at News Nation, and at one point, the gentleman sitting to my right, who's an anchor for News Nation, was talking about how, you know, Americans have uh, Americans don't want to help. Americans are afraid sometimes to get in there and help. People people want to be good Samaritans, but they, sometimes they, they hold back. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And he brings up Daniel Penny. 
on the subway murdering Gordon <laughs> Neely. And I'm like, you know what? No, uh, with the Bible I have, the good Samaritan would have said to the mentally ill homeless guy, are you okay, brother? Can I get you anything? Instead, you're talking about the come up behind him and choke him till he's dead Samaritan who doesn't appear in the Bible. And I, Jason, I lost my cool. I couldn't do it with a smile. I got all biblical on him. I, you make yeah. it look easy when you debate yeah. our right-wing friends. No, I mean, I think, I think you know, it, it's always better to do it with a smile. My smile isn't always there, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know. there are times. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's always good to, to not take any of this personally. Um, right. if, you, if you can. And I think about, you know, of course, our, our forefathers. You mentioned, you know, Dr. King and others um, who ex- experienced a whole lot worse than an email. So I think I can live with it. I think I can live with people saying stupid things sometimes. Um, and, and I think I, right. can, I can make it through. Well, speaking of stupid things, let's talk about these Republicans trying to impeach Joe Biden for something. As you know, the Republican House voted today to slow down this right wing Bobert push to impeach Joe Biden. They did this on a 219 to 208 vote. The move, it doesn't exactly stop the impeachment vote, but it's sort of appeasing the hardliners who are trying to impeach him. And it kind of just punts the impeachment articles, I think, to Biden to two committees where they can be buried. Is that what happened today? Did Kevin McCarthy quell a, a, a riot today? I think he did. I think he wants to see uh, if there is something to that 1023 document and all of that and all of the ways they're trying to see if they can dig up dirt on Joe Biden. But you can't impeach someone if they haven't committed high crimes and misdemeanors. And all they're saying is, we don't like what he's done on the border. We're going to impeach him. And it's like, that's, that's absurd. <laughs> like that's but it's like, an invasion, Jason. It's an invasion. I mean... <laughs> And you know what? I bet you anything they had this planned for when when Title 42 went out and suddenly they were expecting this gigantic influx of of migrants and it didn't happen. We were expecting to get rushed at the border when the Trump era rule expired and it just didn't happen. And they had to try to go through that anyway. And, you know, it's funny, every every time that I've had this debate, um, the people on the right are always like, well, you know, if you look at CBP numbers, they were really high. They've been, you know, we've had 7 million people this year. And then I'm like, well, we're, we're, you know, it's trending downward since the end of Title 42 being a height. And then they're like, yeah, well, we don't believe the government's numbers. And I'm like, all right, so you believe them when you want to believe them. That's and right. then you don't trust them when you don't want to believe that things are getting better. It's really a, a, a sad yeah, place we're in as, as a nation. <laughs> Uh, I know, right? Any questions? That's that's how they do it. But you, but again, I mean, everyone does that, don't they? In politics, you know, when when yeah. when Democrats are in power and the unemployment numbers are low, Republicans say, "Well, it it, it doesn't really reflect the real unemployment rate." And then Republic, yeah. Democrats do the same thing when Republicans take power. But it, it does seem like I don't know. I, I'm not going to say that there's a schism happening yet in the GOP. We keep waiting for it, but. When we see Marjorie Taylor Greene calling Lauren Boebert a little bitch on the floor of the House, it's I just kind of feel like summer's here. I mean, they're they seem to be fracturing. They seem to be a war with each other. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, people are talking about Elon Musk versus Zuckerberg. I, I would like to see uh, Boebert versus MTG. I think that would be an interesting, an interesting fight. Uh, I'm going to give it to, to MTG. She does CrossFit. She's pretty, you know, she's always doing those Fair thrusters. Enough. Fair enough. Um, but again, this shows you 
the the argument that they had was based on MTG said that Lauren Boebert had plagiarized her articles of impeachment. That's it. So it shows you this isn't a serious thing. This is about their individual political brands. This is about getting Fox News hits. This is about getting, you know, Newsmax hits. This is about getting covered in the in the, you know, in the paper and maybe getting chosen, uh, you know, by Donald Trump as a running mate or as a cabinet member or, you know, just becoming famous or maybe getting a really cool podcast once your time in Congress is up. This is what this is about, or even just getting a pat on the back and getting a bunch of Twitter likes. It's really sad that that's where our politics have devolved to. And it's not, again, not liking someone's policies are, is not impeachable. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we if that were the case, we would have impeached Donald Trump on day one because I didn't yeah. like his policies. But that's right. that wasn't the case. He yeah. actually did things that were wrong including extortion, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and then later trying to overthrow the government. So this is, you know, until you have something like that on Joe Biden, then you can't really sit here and take, expect us to take you seriously when you're talking about impeachment. And I think right. this is going to backfire. The American people don't like this kind of stuff. Like we saw it with Clinton. You know what I mean? There were a lot of people who thought Clinton wasn't the bee's knees, but they didn't like that impeachment because they thought it was bullshit. And I I think, you know, this is what's going to happen. I mean, this is, you know, what they keep doing with the midterms. I mean, 2018, 2020, 2022, this punching down performative cruelty of the Republican Party gets you nominated in the Republican Party, but it doesn't get you votes. Right. Independence. I'll tell you this with Lauren Boebert in particular. And I and I stated this uh, today on on the show called The Right Squad. You know, Lauren Boebert. Yes, she's she became a big name in the, the Republican Party during her first term as a freshman congresswoman. But she lost or she won her election, her reelection by 500 votes. Yeah. She may lose to Adam Frisch this time along. Yeah. You know, so all of this, because the people there in her district, which was redistricted, we have to mm-hmm. you know, be clear about that. But yeah. people in her district want her to do work. They don't want to see her on Fox News every night or see her on Newsmax or see her on One America and, <laughs> and know that she's, you know, and see her tweeting and not doing work that's kitchen table work. You're right. Americans, most Americans aren't on Twitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they aren't doing that dumb stuff. You know, so it's 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 crazy that people think that this is what they're they we get into these online bubbles and we think that's what voters it's want so and that's not what they want. It's so true. And and again, like look at Hunter Biden. I don't think the American people care. I don't think the Republican politicians care. But for three years, this is what they've groomed Fox News viewers to think matters. And so we saw, you know, the the case this week that I don't think would have come before uh, a judge like this if it hadn't been the son of a president. I mean, from the people I've talked to, the legal experts I've talked to, most of them said this is a sort of charge that wouldn't have been brought. Uh, you know, but, it's for- <laughs> tell me. 
You know, it's frustrating is that that is true. All, all the legal experts out there are like, if this were not Hunter Biden, there would have been no charge. Now, Hunter Biden is part of a, you know, I think a budding political dynasty family. So, you know, when rich people actually, you know, have to pay the piper just a little bit, I never shed a tear over that. So, oh, listen, you know. he, I, he, if he's guilty, I'm glad he pled guilty. He should plead guilty. Yeah. He deserves to plead guilty. We're not a cult. I don't care. I'll throw this I, guy off the off, off the bus if I have to. Yeah. And, he, you know, one thing about Hunter Biden, you have to say he paid the money back. You know what I mean? So he paid the money back and and the penalties. Now, and he here's cooperated th- and he cooperated and he didn't lie <laughs> to the feds right. about it. Here's here's the thing that's frustrating me is people on the right are going around and their argument now is hilarious. After years and years of denying that white privilege exists. Now, their argument is, oh, Hunter Biden's getting white privilege. That's it. And, you know, it's funny. They keep using Kodak Black. Now, again, I have to put a caveat out there. I love Kodak's music. You know what I mean? I think Kodak is is dope. I love the kid. And I agree with another rapper, J. Cole. I think Kodak just needs guidance. And, you know, I'm all about that. For, for young black men, like, you know, I wish I wish I could be there and 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 be around Kodak because I've made mistakes, not the same ones Kodak has made, but I've made mistakes in my life. So I would love to be there for Kodak and, and young black men like him, Chris Brown and other people like that. But you cannot compare Kodak, who had a long rap sheet, including violent crimes, and he had an open first degree rape charge at the time to Hunter Biden. Now, whatever you say is in his laptop, I don't know. I didn't read what's in the laptop, to be honest, because it's a waste of my time, because Hunter Biden is not an elected official. He's not a bureaucrat. He's nobody. But, and, that, and that laptop has been passed around like a blunt at the Source Awards. You know this. So many hands have been on that laptop. Rudy Giuliani's drooled and vomited all over it. I mean, it doesn't have any integrity. Anybody could have put anything on it. Go ahead. Right. And, and so, you know, Hunter Biden... If, you know, they're saying, well, he was sex trafficking and all these kinds of things, he's ne- he has a clean record. He has no rap sheet. So you can't compare someone with no rap sheet and no convictions to someone who had a long rap sheet, You're allegedly right. assaulted a therapist because he was in anger management and he assaulted the therapist. So and I and. I want to say I support, you know, Kodak's recovery. I hope, you know, I got mad love for the kid. I, yeah. I'm not out here trying to, to to bash him. You know, I just I'm just saying, let's be realistic here. You cannot compare those two cases. You cannot compare mm-hmm. even Lauren Hill, you know, who at the time when she saw a judge, she hadn't paid the money back yet. You know what I mean? Like, and they're like, you're making millions. You're still gigging. How come you haven't paid it? She pissed the judges off. That's it. Hunter Biden had good lawyers. He paid the money. And there's, you can't compare those. Trust me, I'm all for the comparisons of black people in the system and white folks. Same here. Let's talk about Wesley Snipes. Yeah, all day. I can give you those statistics. You know what I mean? I can give you the fact that 
12, uh, a, a innocent black man is 12 times more likely to be convicted of a, of a drug charge than an innocent white man. Seven times more likely of a, of a murder. You know, like there are real issues. Three, three and a half times more likely of a sexual assault. So I get it. And, and when they're trying to say something about the, you know, the weaponization of law enforcement and of government and how it's all against conservatives, I'm like, yeah, OK, let's use race. Let's talk about the fact that our prisons are 40 percent black, you know, and black people are more likely to be uh, arrested, tried, char- you know, charged yeah. and, and convicted of a crime and black people are 90 percent democrat you know nine out of ten so clearly yep. this is not a partisan issue if anything it's democratic voters you know who get it and i would say it's not about their political affiliation it's about their their race and class you're right uh, so it, it's it's really frustrating to have to and this is why i know john i come on and i unload on you when you want to ask questions but it's just no, like no it's no it's listen i it, it's brilliant because it's 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 maddening and the levels of hypocrisy are so steep i mean we're essentially seeing republicans outraged uh, over somebody because they didn't pay their taxes and they weren't a properly registered firearms owner i mean normally you yeah. can run on those two things as a republican and win Right. Like this is what they're furious about. But but I want to ask you what you think the political ramifications are, because it seems like this happened the same day Joe Biden did his first campaign stop and it's done. They've tied it up. There's not going to be a trial for the Biden family during the presidential race. Donald Trump's looking at two, maybe three, maybe four trials during the presidential race happening. Uh, it, It does really seem like the Durham report, they handled it and they put it to bed. I mean, the the investigation of Hunter Biden might still go on, but it does seem like the Biden family's not going to have to be dealing with this during an election year. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're they're trying to they're trying everything. They're throwing everything at a wall. Um, They're going to continue to go after Hunter Biden. They're going to continue to try to tie Hunter Biden to to Joe Biden and Joe Biden to some sort of bribery scheme. And. Oh you know, they, this, this woman I was on TV with tonight talking about Burisma and the five million dollars. And I'm just like, oh, my God, you people yeah. like like Chuck Grassley keeps promising a phone call tape and it doesn't exist. But they don't care. It's it's like a religion to these people. It's a devotion. They can't defend the Republican Party on a policy level. So they've got to have all the scandals and umbrage and outrage. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's what it's all about. I do think, as I told you before, and I hope that there are some uh, Democratic leaders who are listening to your show. I really hope that they listen because there needs to be a coherent answer. I think that they are winning on some culture war uh, elements. I think the trans thing, unfortunately, they're winning. Like, I have I have people who are pretty loyal Democratic voters. And I had one of my best friends in the world. I'd die for this guy, you know, and he votes Democrat every election. He's a religious guy, though. And one of the things he's like, oh, the trans people and my daughter and all that. And I'm like, how many trans people have you actually come in contact with? I always ask that question. (laughs) And the answer was zero. None. You know, I mean, but he thought this again, this is a moral panic. 
And yeah. we have to have an answer for a moral panic or else it can go down the roads that we've seen moral panics go down in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, with the Red Scare and other things where it gets really, 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 really ugly. So Democratic leaders, until you come up with a coherent answer for all of these issues, you know, we've seen people do pay attention. Ask the, the executives at Anheuser-Busch. Ask the executives right. at Target. It is a thing. you yeah. got to come up with an answer for that. And I don't think that there's been a, a real party line answer for it. I agree with you. Yeah. But I, but I will say this. This is the first generation in the history of humans to say, hey, maybe we should be nice to trans people. Not all of us, you know, to say, hey, maybe we should be nice to 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 gay people. I mean, you know, a lot of things have happened recently in human history. We're, we were only 100 years away from beginning to marry for love. But I, I don't think hating trans kids is going to be more popular with the next generation. I think that kids growing up now in a world where they witness transgender struggles for equality and acceptance probably won't be as freaked out by their existence as our generation or our parents. And I I kind of feel like, ironically, Jason, in a hundred years, J.K. Rowling may be more known for her trans hangups than for the Harry Potter book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. And... Um, I'm just, you know, in, in the, in the short term, I think in the long term, you're absolutely correct. And we've had to go through this. We can talk about the the seventies and, and Harvey Milk and the raids and Castro and all of that. And it took us, you know, another 33 years or so before we got gay marriage. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I'm hoping that we're not talking about this you know, having respect for people and and we have to wait another 33 years, you know what I mean, right. to get there. Right. Um, so, you know, the thing is, it's all, they've couched this in the right way. They've changed the narrative because before we were talking about abortion. That's we were right. talking about bodily autonomy. We're You're 69, so right. 69%, so right. the largest in, in recorded you know, history, American history, 69%. That's the largest percentage of Americans think that first trimester abortion should be legal. And yet they've shifted the narrative over to 0.5% of the population and and made that the issue. You don't even hear as much about abortion. They're going and they've done, their strategy is so smart with this. We got to recognize it. Their strategy is, hey, we don't want legislators to have to deal with this issue because we're losing even in red states. We're losing yeah. on the issue of abortion. So we're going to do that through the courts. That's how we're going to handle it. We're not going to make you go on record as a legislator, as a as an executive, as any of that. We're going to do this through the courts and let them do it. And. You know, there's so many other things. I know we're running out of time. Um, I know. I want to ask you about Moms for Liberty, if you have a second still, Jason, because um, this this story is amazing. You know, we we love Moms for Liberty. Uh, They have been classified as a hate group um, by the Southern Poverty Law Center. And they just put out the Hamilton County chapter of Moms for Liberty, put out their first newsletter. And they have a quote on the front page that is a Hitler quote. Now, I'm I've seen well-intentioned folks in the past accidentally quote awful people, but they literally quote Hitler on the front page 
of their newsletter, he alone who owns the youth gains the future, like right up at the top and gave him credit for the quote. If this was a democratic organization, they'd be done by tomorrow. Why do I suspect that this is just going to be a tiny blip for mom's Uh, family? I think it is. And they are they are an incredibly powerful organization. They're like the new version of uh, the UDC, uh, the United Daughters of the Confederacy. That's that's who they really are. And it doesn't surprise me that the group that wants to get rid of conversations about race, honest conversations about race and racism and history, mm-hmm. that they would quote Hitler. That doesn't shock me at all. You're right. They just realized, oh, there's backlash to this. So let's take this down, even from people that might agree with us. So we're going to take this down. And, uh, you know, that's that's basically where we where we are with that. And I just want to say say one other thing, because we're since we're talking about this, the way we're talking, they have really the Republicans have done a great job of talking about weaponization. Right. And we see what happens to Adam Schiff. You know, they're going after Adam Schiff. They censure Adam Schiff. And again, I try to tell the Republicans, this is sending us down the wrong road politically. Because guess what? If Comer can't come up with those docu or that uh, recording, I'm going to be out there with the telling Democrats, hey, how did he get away with it? He lied. Good. Yes. He lied over and over. You know what I mean? That's so I, I don't want us to have short memories. We tend to have short memories and want to unify the country, but they really want to fight. So if they're going to set this as a precedent where you are wrong about something or you couldn't prove something, which Adam Schiff, I know there's a lot of stuff to said about, you know, Russia and the connections and and, you know, you can't even discuss it because, again, they've controlled the narrative. Oh, you can discuss it. Oh, no, doctor, you can discuss it. I think the the John Durham hearings yesterday proved uh, a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, they they have made this narrative that it's all a big hoax. Nothing was there. And, you know, you can look at I, I hope your audience, if they really want to look it up, I know it's not the most important thing in the world, but, you know, if you want to look up Paul Manafort and Constantine Klimnik, if That's you want all to look you up do. Natalie uh, Vasilnitskaya, I think her name is, or yeah. Vasilnitskaya. Look up her- Don Jr. saying collude with me, bro, in an email because they might have dirt on Hillary Clinton. I mean, it's all yeah. over. Some of us haven't forgotten the reality. Yeah, no, it's it's clear that they had every right to at least look into it. You know, and that was in Durham's report. Durham said that in the report. He's like, a preliminary thing was fine. He just thinks they went too far. That's Um, right. They don't want to hear that. And, but the yeah. Fox News audience will never know that's what he found. Dr. Jason Nichols, it is such a joy having you with us on Thursdays. What is the best way for our audience to follow you, sir, and keep up with all your work? Hmm, that's a tough one, actually. Yeah, because you're uh, barely on Twitter. I'm, I'm trying to shame you back to Twitter. I miss you there. I know. Well, listen, with, with the places that I am, I get so much, like, trolling and hatred that oh. I want them to starve. <laughs> you know what I mean? They want me to be Fair on enough. there. I want them All right, to you got to listen to our show on Thursday nights to get more Jason Nichols. That's all you're going to get, bitches. There, there you go. <laughs> Dr. Nichols, yeah. it's so good to see you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you, my brother. You take it easy. Have a great weekend.